Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of The Job and Ruben Show. Hello, welcome indeed, and today we are doing the rise and fall of cryptocurrency. Exactly. A very spicy topic. You know, for a tech podcast, we still haven't talked about crypto, which feels criminal, so we might as well get around to it. And yeah. obviously... What better to do than it rising and falling, so you get the whole... whole yeah, a bit, of a bit of a volatile thing, isn't it? But we'll get into oh, that later. One minute, it's the big hot thing, and the next minute, nowhere to be seen. Yeah, exactly. Alright, so, what is cryptocurrency? Do you know? Well, cryptocurrency... Basically, well, let's talk about what a currency is. Basically, a way of exchanging value. Right? Yeah. When I give you a pound, a five pound note, even though we like five pounds are a real thing, yeah. like we both think you see that we as being worth dedi- five pounds. We have dedicated that piece of plastic mm. as five pounds, so we assign value to lesser valued objects. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly. why in the olden days you have to have like gold coins because they... They needed proof that they were actually worth something. Worth something. Whereas mm. now the society puts value on something. Hence why we have like ups and downs in the market. There's a few problems with that, isn't there? Firstly, yeah. it's all controlled by the central government. So if the government does something bad, something dodgy, or if, say, the currency inflates too much and it becomes worth nothing, bit of a big problem, isn't it? Yeah. So... What we want, ideally, is a currency that's not controlled by a government. A currency that's controlled by, you know, decentralised. Not And decentralised is basically just a big word for not controlled by anyone. I think everybody in cryptocurrency talks like Joe with the whole decentralised... <laughs> decentralised, desensitised. Decentralised whatnot. Mm. But yeah, so it uses the blockchain, oh, which is... We get, we've got all the big words now. Big words. We? So, which... When you buy cryptocurrency, it kind of goes to the blockchain. Yeah, it shows up. It's basically like a, a big like a long list yeah, of like all the transactions yeah. made, all that stuff. And that shows that, or it proves in a way that it's actually like worth something. Yeah. Or you can so. register that the, the transaction's actually taking place. And it isn't just something on a government website. Yeah, exactly. And, Whereas with And this is authenticated by... Millions of computers around the world, mm. and like almost like a peer-to-peer kind of thing. So, there it is, yeah. Which and which makes it practical and hackable because if you change one blockchain, you can't remove the proof that you've bought something with with the mm. cryptocurrency. Because even if you try and hack it and change the blockchain, it will check it against everyone else's blockchain and go, ah, that's wrong. That shouldn't mm. happen. Or, exactly. This is a false transaction. Don't let it go ahead. So it's very, very, very difficult to hack. Exactly, which exactly, is, exactly. Which is where I think people get the misconception of thinking of cryptocurrency and hacking being very close, but well, they're used for it's very more about, dodgy things because it is quite hidden. Of course, if you have a currency that isn't controlled by a central government, you can do a lot of dodgy stuff with that, can't you? Because uh, you can transfer money anonymously without you know banks and stuff finding out. So... Well, it is used a lot by the hacker men. That's not its only use. Like, it has no. a lot of other uses, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, it has uses in countries just for buying general day. Yeah. It, you can be used as, essentially, like, stocks and shares, and you just put money in to invest, mm-hmm. which I think the norm, that's what most people did with it. They yeah. They buy stuff. They just used it as, like, a savings account. Well, speculation is the fancy term. You put money in, and if it goes up, you make money. Oh. It's like fancy gambling, basically. Yeah. Uh, to put it lightly, which 
will cause a lot of problems, as we'll see later in the episode. But it has no middleman, so when you buy something through PayPal or through a bank, a chunk of that money will go to the bank or go to PayPal. Yeah, because they've got to make money, haven't they? Because they've got to make money. So a chunk of that money goes to them, whereas with the blockchain, it doesn't. It goes mm. straight from one person to the other, so it's reducing fees as well. There mm. is always There's always transactions when you're using companies like oh, like the previous FDX and like the previous yeah. and uh, Binance. Well, that's and, for buying and selling. But, that, but that's for buying and selling it, so it's not... Just transferring. Just transferring it. is mm. free. To, free. Well, technically the computers are mining it, so it's not free for them. Yeah. But they get Bitcoin for doing it or any other cryptocurrency. Yeah. Basically, easy transfers of money without fees, uh, not controlled by anyone which means it's very useful and... It's a digital currency, so you put your value on it. Pretty much. So, Ruben, where did it all get started then? So, the big one, Bitcoin. Mm, yeah. We're going to refer to Bitcoin as... The granddad the grand. of cryptocurrencies. It's the one that's been around for the longest. I believe so, yeah. And it's the one that's... Definitely the most famous. Is the most famous. So, quite often people get confused between cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Yeah. It's like saying money and the US dollar, the US dollar or money in the pound. The US dollar is just one kind like of money, money one, yeah, currency, one currency, isn't it? Yes. Like in cryptocurrency, Bitcoin is just one type of millions. Of many. So, how did it all get started? So, in 2008, 2009, mm. there was a financial depression. Yeah. And out... Um, we were not alive. But no, we were. Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't have to deal with it because we, we were little babies. Yeah. But um, financial depression and born out of that was Bitcoin. Yeah. And they tried to create a way for us not to be reliant on the U.S. government. Because obviously they just proved that they're not to be relied on. And and other governments and other kind of big corporations, which is pretty. And you wanted an independent currency that was digital that's a pretty admirable goal and wouldn't you agree yeah i thought it was quite good so yeah want, it was all good intentions mm. so he formed bitcoin in 2009 to kind of save do you want to talk who, about who he is no one knows who he is yeah or she you know she, it yeah. could be or they them you know we don't know the pronouns of this mysterious fella and um, american i think is what probably probably whatever everything tech related is usually american mm. and yeah, they, they just they managed to remain anonymous. To this day, they do have a few suspects as to who it is, but nobody... I think quite a few people actually claim to be them, but we don't really know if they're real or just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's how it started. And then it was kind of slow for the first mm -hmm. 10 years. It just kind of trickled up and trickled up and down. It did have its uses, particularly in the more less savoury yes. uh, areas of society. A lot of drug deals it could be done with it. It was famous. There was this one guy who managed to buy a pizza with, it might have been something like 15 or 10 bitcoins, mm. and he rung the pizza delivery guy and he was like, can I, can I buy a bitcoin? I'll, if you pay for a pizza, I'll give you 10 bitcoin. But what he didn't realise in 20 years' time, those 10 bitcoin would have made him a million. Thousands, thousands, thousands. So, and yeah. then obviously there was the Silk Road, which was a very famous marketplace where you could buy a lot of drugs, a lot of guns, a lot of other less savoury items. <laughs> and that relied mostly on Bitcoin because it was so Anonymous. private. 
Yeah. yeah. So I think it's time to talk about the boom. Yeah. So there had been booms before that, but only small booms. So it'd go up and then down. Yeah. It was it was very volatile, which is basically a fancy word for go up, meaning the price of the currencies went up, then it went down, then it went up, then it went down. You know, as people invested in it in the hope of making money. And then sold. So as and it followed basic supply and demand. Yeah, pretty much. So if there was lots of supply but lots of demand, it would go down. If lots of people wanted it, but there wasn't much of it, mm. it went up. Do you want to talk about how it was or is made? It just gets more complicated. It gets there's a really lot of, complicated. There's a lot of buzzwords with this. It really hurts my brain, this. But essentially, mm. you've got proof of work. Yeah. And there's another one which I can't quite remember. So Yeah, so basically, how they how make Bitcoin. You have a computer, and you get that computer to solve math. Mathematical equations, yeah. Yeah, and it uses those maths problems as proof that it's done work. Work, yeah. So and it if gets it, and if it, some Bitcoin. And if it solves one megabyte of a Bitcoin equation, which is equal to one blockchain... One block. One block, yes. Yeah. Then they get set amount of Bitcoin for doing that. Exactly. But the thing is, you have to be the first... Person to solve that first problem. First to solve that problem which makes it very, very difficult if you've got, imagine, thousands and thousands of big, heavy computers. Yeah, you're not going to be doing this on, like, an iPhone. Which you need is, some serious power yeah, to which um, is, um, do all this. Mining, which is which is where crypto mining is. That's how people make the money without investing in it. And I think a lot of people find it difficult to, like, wrap their heads around this. Like, you're not yeah. making money out of nowhere. It's not for free. Yeah. It takes energy, and obviously it takes time for your computer to solve these problems. And that's what proof of work is. You're proving that you've done the work so you get the currency. Yes, exactly. Mm. But it is kind of still money out of thin air, which really weird thing it's about. A, it's weird, but you're not complaining, weird, are you? Wonderful. Yeah, which, and because of that, blocks are worth a lot of money. Exactly. And yeah. when they're worth a lot of money, they can also, you will quite often get high reward, but they're very difficult. So mm. usually when you're mining, if you've got a very powerful computer, then you might mine by yourself. Because the powerful computer can solve more solve equations. Solve more equations and get it faster. Mm. But sometimes you can't. You just don't have enough powerful computer. Yeah. So you might enter into a pool, which is where you and maybe 100 or could be just 10 other computers join together to solve one blockchain, mm. which means actually... It sounds like we're advertising this. We're not. We're just no. explaining how it works. Which actually, if you use a pool, you're more likely to get Z blockchain yeah. because you there's more computing power there. But then instead of you getting one Bitcoin to yourself, mm. you have to split that one Bitcoin between 10 of you. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. tossing up the bigger reward, slower, but as soon as you get it, you get the whole reward or more frequent, less big rewards. Yeah, exactly. And then that's how it's got, it's found, and then that money then is put into circulation like any other... Any like, other currency, basically. Any other currency. Once you've got that money, they might spend it on something, you might sell it back to wherever. Yeah. Um, and it just gets thin, so people can buy and sell it. Yeah, exactly. So, the big boom. Yes. It was For lack of a better word. It was definitely seen as a get-rich-quick kind of scheme. Because, if you think about it, if the prices of Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies for that matter, I feel like we're focusing too much with Bitcoin. If they keep going up and down and up and down and up and down, if you invest in it while it's down and then it goes up, yeah. you can make a lot of money, couldn't you? Especially because so many people buy it. If you bought it early on, then all of a sudden everyone else wants to buy it. 
which means the supply of Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in general goes down, but the demand is so high, the price skyrockets, meaning actually if you wait and wait and wait, because the demand is so high, people are willing to pay more, because mm. it's worth more. So when you sell, it's worth more. Yeah, exactly. And I think half the reason it was so much in demand is because big celebrities and companies were endorsing it. Mm. Which... It really helped Bitcoin go from like a thing that only nerds do in their basements, buying and selling it, uh, stuff like that, to something that everybody can from, um, invest in by buying it. From Elon Musk to Kardashians were buying it up, so... Yeah, and most importantly, promoting it a yes. lot. Elon Musk even allowed some of his companies to use and to be funded through Bitcoin. I think it was only Bitcoin he allowed mm. because that's the big one. It's it, Bitcoin and Ethereum were the two big ones, and they were classed were a blue chip cryptocurrency, which meant they were the most stable and mm. least volatile. Well, they thought they were the most stable. Exactly. Whereas, which meant other ones such as like Dogecoin were flippity floppity. Because Dogecoin, if you don't know, it was made as a joke, but then Elon Musk promoted it. And this really shows how far promotions go, because just because he promoted it, it's now one of the most valuable ones, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Mm. And it was classed as a blue chip, because lots of people were invested in it, and it was kind of a long, long-term end goal. So it was less... It's Again, it's like a it, you played it all off between each other. Some of them were high risk, high reward, or some of them which were like the the more volatile ones you could because one minute you could buy when it was really low but the next minute it could be worth millions yeah or you could go with the more blue chip ones such as bitcoin and buy it and then slowly it would get a little bit more <laughs> and because companies and celebrities endorsed it everyone wanted a piece of it exactly even normal people like i believe they had super bowl ads all sorts of advertisements i think there were formula one ads maybe there were formula one ads there must have been but yeah Bitcoin. advertisements for things that actually normal people and, are um, interested in people there was football companies were being sponsored by them and everything yeah so that helped really helped push them into the mainstream didn't it exactly and i think interest in nfts I think yeah. NFTs are definitely a talk for another oh, time. Oh, why do we have to talk about this? Do we have to talk about NFTs? I don't. We're not. Don't make me. Yeah. NFTs. We'll might make another episode on NFTs for those normal people about. out there who don't know what an NFT is. Basically, non fungible token. You pay for an image with Bitcoin, and the whole with Bitcoin part is really important because you know it's basically free advertising for bitcoin isn't it or yes. other cryptocurrencies i think a lot of them were made with ethereum or sold oh, with ethereum and um, no solera yeah that was it solera or solera no, it was something like solera is the ice cream Solera, um, yeah salts it began with an s and it was something along the lines mm. of that all of them bought and sold with these cryptocurrencies, yes. which really helped, you know, make them more popular, make yeah, people exactly. know about them. And because of the boom in NFTs, people were buying Bitcoin. And that coincided with the... Cryptocurrencies, thus it boomed. Yeah. El Salvador was the first country... This is, yeah, this is really Maybe the last... To make it, to make it legal ten tender in their country. Which basically means you can in El Salvador, theoretically, I don't know how many businesses actually support it, buy and sell stuff with Bitcoin, and the government is A-OK -okay with that. Yes. Well, most countries are A-OK -okay with it, 
But in El Salvador, it's official. Yes. Like, they're officially like, okay you, with it. In, like, the UK and in, like, South Korea and Japan and mm. America, um, you're allowed to buy and sell it and use it, but it's not really a form for... It's not officially supported, is it? I don't, yeah, it's not... You can't go into a supermarket and pay with Bitcoin. No, no, no. And then, of course, there are a lot of countries that don't support it because it's still used for a lot of illegal things. Exactly. That is all cryptocurrencies in general. So, right yeah. for that order. I think... We also have the joke coins as well. Mm. That definitely boomed because everyone. Do you remember the Squid Game coin that came out that tricked everyone oh, into buying? Yeah. With crazy TV shows, everyone would flock to this kind of joke coin, of which then it got crashed out and mm. lots of people lost money on it. But, but there was that appeal that maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one that's going to make you all this money. money. And which if, was really if, hard if you, to resist. And if for some you people. if you sold right, then it did make you millions. But mm. sometimes. Not very good. Not everybody's a Warren Buffett, are they? Key investor. No. Do you want to guess how much money was invested in Bitcoin? Or no, not... Is it Bitcoin alone or uh, in... Yeah, just Bitcoin alone. I'm not sure. Oh, is it Bitcoin alone? Or is it the whole cryptocurrency? I'm not sure. A uh, whole cryptocurrency, yeah. If it's a whole cryptocurrency, I have to guess about 700 million? This is 1.5 billion in cryptocurrencies. <sighs> Damn. So, it was, yeah, I was way off. So, a lot of money was invested in, and I think most of that was in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, caused it to boom. Yeah, 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 yeah. But not for that long. Yeah. Well, hello to our halfway point, or not so halfway point as it is today. Yeah, so mid end point. I think this time we're going to do a joke. You ready for this? Go on. So, Doctor Doctor, I think I'm addicted to Twitter. I'm sorry, I don't follow. Hey, I don't Oh well, X now. But we'll get to that later. Oof. Anyway, what do you call a mouse that swears a lot? I don't know. What do you call a mouse that swears a lot? A cursor. If you have any jokes that you would um, like to submit and then hopefully on our next episode, please no jokes. Ones, please no ones with bad words, please. This is a family friendly yes. podcast. But you never know, if you send in a good joke and we like it, your joke could be the next one on here. So please do, and we'll see you next time for the next Halfway Point. Now we've talked about the boom, I think we need to talk about the crash. Yeah. It's probably the most recent thing in 2022. Mm-hmm. It went from being worth a lot of, lot of money to all of a sudden... It lost its value, nearly 30% of its value? 30%, 35% of its value oh. was Bitcoin, mm. and Dogecoin lost about 45% of its value. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's a Nearly lot. Nearly halved. Yeah. So, so, should we talk about the reasons why? Yes. So, FTX right. was a company. Do you want to expand on that? Or? I, I didn't really know FTX existed until looking into this, but it's crazy how big they actually were. They were basically the the grand, not even the grandfather, like the big kid on the block of Bitcoin trading companies. Yes. They were massive. They had ads everywhere from they, F1 games to the Super Bowl. And they allowed you to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Back and forward. So you could convert your It's like a bank, money. but for yeah. Bitcoin. But unlike big banks nowadays, well, they had, well, maybe not. Um, <laughs> unlike companies that should exist, their finances... We're walking a quite a tight and small tightrope. Which, 
most people didn't realise because on the surface, all these massive ads, I mean, Super Bowl ads cost ridiculous amounts of money. So exactly. you would expect a company to have pretty solid finance to be able to do that. And you would they think actually people trading, the amount of people on FTX trading backwards and forwards using those, mm. billions were lost on that platform. But essentially, they got done for fraud, was it? I think so, because they did lie a lot about how stable they were when in reality. And they get done for fraud and they had to shut down and... Did they go into administration? Did they crash and collapse? They went bankrupt. I know that. Yeah, I know they went bankrupt. And the founder, who is a unique specimen in his own right. You can look it up if you want. Sam Bankman-Fried, I believe. Yeah. A lot of dodgy stuff going on with that man. I believe he's been replaced now. I'm not sure if the company's still going. If it is, would anyone want to invest in it ever again? I don't really think so. And I think that was definitely the tipping point. The the straw that broke the camel's back, shall we say. Because it it showed that this whole industry, can you call it an industry? Was nowhere near as stable as people thought it was. Yes. Mm. And... Do you want to talk about what followed? Yes, and following that... Millions of people lost out on money. Mm. Billions of pounds were down. And... It broke the trust of people. So all of a sudden, people were selling their Bitcoin and getting out of cryptocurrency because all of a sudden they saw it crash and people were like, oh, no, 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 it's going to crash. I don't want to lose all my money. So then everyone sold. And that hoping, hoping to not lose all their money. Because imagine if you had... 40, 50,000 pounds in cryptocurrency and yeah, the next yeah, yeah. day you woke up and you had five pounds. Oh, I know. And, and that happened to an unfortunate amount of people, you know, because a lot of people really didn't know what they were doing when they bought into this. So mm-hmm. they were really taken off guard when, what? I thought I was meant to be a millionaire, you know? Yeah. And especially if it crashes all of a sudden and you take out your money, which means, again, the demand is really low because everyone's getting out of it, but the supply is really high. So as you keep selling, as more people are selling... He took business. I don't know what he's talking I don't, about. I don't take business. Oh, do you not? No. Oh, well, you know a lot about business anyway. And as more people sold, the value of cryptocurrency went down. So again, it caused more people to sell because they were scared. Mm-hmm. And it's just spiraled downwards. However, things are somewhat recovering, aren't they? Yes, slightly recovering. There was a bit of worry that other big trading companies like Binance... <laughs> another big one we're going to go down but they managed to survive although a lot of companies were taken down with it just because of how interdependent they all are you know and i think it did help with the volatility of bitcoin Mm. and other cryptocurrencies and because of them being so volatile it did mean they had a slightly better chance of bring coming back but again that added to the crash because it was volatile it crashed easily Um, Do you think there's any hope for Bitcoin in the future? I mean, going forward, if you look at the trends, I know I'm sounding a bit like yeah. a geek, but it is slightly bouncing back. It's nowhere near as good as it will be, but Not yet, yet, but it's it's trickling up. But I don't know what will come with it because do people still believe in it? It. I mean, I there is a I lot. Definitely there feel, is a lot to like about cryptocurrencies in general, isn't there? Yeah, I definitely feel it's been sidelined. Hmm. I don't feel there's much going for it anymore. There's no real reason to invest in it. Unless Unless you're a drug dealer. Yeah. Mm. But even then, you'd invest in Monero. Oh, yes, because that's famously even more private and very popular among the drug drug dealer type. Possibly it could blow up again, but I don't feel it will. I think it would just be something trickling in the sidelines that's going up and down for the next. I don't think it's going to take over other currencies, really. Uh, Would you want it to? Because I, mean, I think it's it's better, but it's not great, is it? It's Because it's so volatile, 
it's not stable enough for people. If it had some way of staying as stable as mainstream currencies like the US dollar, like the British pound. Mm. Um, and I mean, yeah, like it is more private, but you know what's the most private currency? You're paying in cash. Yeah. Because that's not traceable, is it? Exactly. That's about it. There's a lot going for it, but us personally, we, we don't, don't really see it going. We don't. Who knows? On. It's because it's so volatile. It could go anyway. Mm. Well, thank you for listening to this episode on Bitcoin. Mm. It was. Awful. Sorry if we lost a lot of you. Um, yeah. It's a very difficult thing to wrap your head around. The but... whole cryptocurrency crashing and people confusing Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and Ethereum. Mm. There's a lot to wrap your head around. So it was quite. a heavy episode but very interesting yes. and only time will tell what will happen to cryptocurrencies exactly the we don't really know we'll hope to see you next week and if you if you're not following drop us a follow why aren't you doing that already so we'll see you next week well Goodbye. then thank you very much for listening